Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. You know, I'm going you know, to, I have some new liberties now since I'm getting old. I'm a, I can repeat things and people give me grace. You know, it's said about John, the apostle, he was way older than me when he died, but they, they say about the apostle John when he, at the end of his life that he would get up to, to minister at the church in Ephesus. And all he would say is, God is love. That was his message. I don't know why. I don't know if he lost his mind or if he just fell deep in love with Jesus. But if you're the Apostle John, you can get away with stuff. And he got up and God is love. You know, God is love. So I, I'm, I don't know how many times they did that, but that's the story. So oftentimes I tell the same stories over and over again. I don't know if it's for my own entertainment, maybe that's what it is, but it's, you know, so give me, if you've heard this story, don't turn me off and start reading your emails, but I start, I talk about it at every Thanksgiving because it means something to me. Um, I have my, 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 my wife's going to tell me not to tell the story again, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> it was our, it was our, literally it was our first Thanksgiving after we got saved. And we lived in Kerman, California. It was outside of Fresno, out in the middle of nowhere. And um, we had, you know, we didn't have, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't come back to New Orleans for Thanksgiving. It was, it was too far and we didn't have the money to do it. So we, there we were in Kerman, California. And um, a, a few weeks before that, I had been invited on a Saturday, just strictly out of benevolence, to go do some work at a farmer's house. This farmer was an old man, he's a United Pentecostal guy, he loved Jesus, and he, um, he, had, he had a farm, and he also raised German shepherds, and bred German shepherds, and he was building some new um, kennels, and he had hired some of the, the, the um, Bible school students to come out and, and um, pour concrete and trowel the concrete and, and make some new pens for his German shepherds that he was breeding. And some of the guys actually at the school actually knew how to do construction work. I knew zero, but they brought me to go anyway. And I was, I, I was there with them all day. We worked all day long, and I, I basically watched and stayed out of the way because I didn't know anything about what I was doing. But at the end of the day, this guy gave all of us the same pay. It sounded like a, a parable. You know, I remember he gave me 100 bucks. To me, that was like 10,000 bucks at the time. And he gave me 100 bucks for really doing nothing but sitting there watching my other friends do work that day. Well, then comes Thanksgiving, and this guy, you know, he's, he invites Paris and I over to his house for Thanksgiving meal. His family was all grown. He was an older man, and family's all grown and gone away. And he wanted to invite, you know, most of our Bible school students were from California. They all went home for Thanksgiving, and Paris and I were there on an empty campus, and he invited us to come over for Thanksgiving meal. And, um, but what, a, what an unlikely two couples, this 80-something-year-old precious Pentecostal couple and my wife and I, hippies. I mean, we'd been saved for a few weeks, long hair, long beard, I was gnarly, and this guy was just full of Jesus. I mean, he was full of Jesus. And I, I, all I remember is, I only remember one thing about that dinner. I mean, it was a big old meal. I mean, sure, it was all the, the fancy, normal Thanksgiving um, fare that day. But all throughout the meal, he kept saying, thank you, Jesus. That's all. He must have said it a thousand times if he said it once. Thank you, Jesus. He was stuck on thank you, Jesus. 
It's a good place to get stuck. Thank you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So this Thanksgiving day, maybe you're going to be at somebody's house. Maybe you're going to be at a relative's house or they're going to be at your house. Maybe they'll be drinking the wine or whatever they do on, on Thanksgiving. But you know, I want you this, this Thanksgiving day, I want you to get stuck on, thank you, Jesus. Pass the potatoes. Thank you, Jesus. Pass me some dressing. Thank you, Jesus. I'll take some of that turkey. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Practice. Get yourself ready. Thank you, Jesus. And what, you know what will happen? You get stuck on that. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, Jesus will walk into the room. He'll walk into the room. Before you know it, over the years, you'll go by, you'll look back five years from now, and there'll be more and more people in that Thanksgiving table all joining in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So that's, that's what we're stuck on this morning. I'm going to start um, this, a little bit of this message. We're going to take communion. We have some folks that want to get water baptized. If you need to bury your stuff, today's a good day to get water baptized. We have towels and changes of clothes. You can be baptized. Um, some lady came up to me before service. Her name is Gloria. She's sitting right there. Wave everyone, Gloria. She, she said she wanted to get right with God, and she... Um, she went, on, she went on Facebook, of, I think it was Facebook, and said, um, baptism, and this came up, so she showed up here today to get baptized. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So here, we're going we're gonna, to, I'm going to read a couple of things that I, some of my blogs, some things I've, I've been thinking about these last few days. Um, this first part is called Come Into His Presence with a Song of Thanksgiving. Come into His presence. Come into His presence. We enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter His courts with praise. That's real. That's not just a nice song that David wrote. I enter His gates with thanksgiving. Come on. We enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter His courts with praise. We give thanks to Him and we bless His name. Psalm 95, it says, oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. You know, um, one of the blessings about thanksgiving, one of the beautiful, beautiful things about it is it brings us into the immediate presence of the Lord. Have you felt the presence of the Lord recently? Have you felt his touch? Maybe even in this service this morning, you were, you know, came in striving, and the next thing you know, you started to worship, and you felt the hand of God come and touch your coffin this morning, put his hand on your dead body, and cause resurrection power to begin to come inside of you. You know, you give thanks to the Lord, he starts to show up, and you know, again, another one of my old stories, I, I think often about um, the first time I ever remember feeling the immediate presence of the Lord. Maybe you've never been in a place where you're familiar with his presence. I love his presence. I mean, I don't think we've had church if he doesn't show up. He has to, he has to be here. We don't want to sing about him. We want to interact with him. We want him to come walking in the room. We want him to step into our world. That's the way we want to live our lives. And I, I remember the first time it was, um, I was, 
going, I just prayed and given my life to Jesus on the lakefront, and I was invited to a Bible study at, on Carrollton Avenue, and that, that, I went there, and there was a gathering of maybe 30, 40 people there that night. There's some local people there, local Jesus freaks. They were gathering for prayer, and there was a, a team of missionaries from Kerman, California, that were on their way to Costa Rica to preach the gospel, and they stopped and they were here, and they ministered that night in that prayer, in that prayer, in that prayer meeting that we had. And I remember there were, like I said, it was it was packed in there. This 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 room on Carrollton Avenue above the pizza parlor on the in that first block in North Clay, Clay, Carroll, Carrollton Avenue, and um, they started to sing in the Holy Ghost. I mean, they started singing and harmonizing in tongues. I never knew that there were a such thing as tongues. I never heard about speaking in tongues. I heard about holy rollers before. My parents warned me about holy rollers. They told me if I hung around with holy rollers and read my Bible too much, I'd end up at Mandeville at the <laughs> mental institution. They used to tell me that. <laughs> I've been in Mandeville, but I haven't gone to the mental institution yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Yeah, so they started, to, they were singing in tongues. They were singing in tongues. They were singing in tongues. And I felt the atmosphere in the room shift. And, uh, you know, I, I remember one thing I remember from my roots in the church that I was, I was raised in, Memorial Baptist. I went to go to Memorial Baptist as a kid when I lived over here. And, and uh, I remember being warned about people like that. I don't remember them talking about tongues, but that these holy rollers and um, so, yeah, that when that presence came in the room, my first thought that popped in my mind, because it was supernatural. I never felt supernatural in church before. I never felt supernatural in church. And so I, I started thinking, well, this, this has to be the devil. This has to be the devil because it's supernatural. But then I realized, then my mind shifted in a, in a moment of time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. My mind shifted in a moment of time. It shifted over to, this can't be the devil. All they've been talking about since I walked into the room was Jesus, 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 Jesus. You start talking about him. You start magnifying him. You start giving thanks to him. And I tell you what's going to happen. He's going to walk into your world. He's going to walk into your world. You're going to begin to experience the immediate presence of the Lord. Now here's a, I'm going to read a quote from this Baptist pastor in London. His name is Charles Spurgeon. This is what he had to say about this. He said, let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Here is probably a reference to the peculiar presence of God in the Holy of Holies above the mercy seat. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> and also to the glory which shone forth out of the clouds which rested above the tabernacle. Oh yeah, there's a gambre amarasotema lesiana nestabare, kenestabare, that cloud of his glory. The cloud of his glory can fill your life, can fill the room, can fill your heart, can change everything about you. Don't be ashamed of the supernatural. So this, this, obviously this, this Baptist preacher wasn't ashamed of the supernatural. 
He says there's a peculiar presence of grace and glory and to which men should never come without the profoundest reverence. He was familiar with this glory filling the tabernacle in London. He loved the glory of God to come into his church. We may make bold, we might make bold to come before the immediate presence of the Lord, for the voice of the Holy Ghost and this psalm invites us. And when we draw near to him, we should remember his great goodness to us and cheerfully confess it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, and now I've got a since I'm stuck this morning talking about old people, I want to tell you about this 84-year-old woman. She lived in Jerusalem. She lived in Jerusalem when Jesus was born. Her name was Ananias. She was uh, Anna. She was a, they called her a prophetess. One of the very few, the Spirit of the Lord, had rested on this woman. She was probably friends with, with Simeon. She probably had heard about Zechariah, who had been filled with the Holy Ghost when the angel visited him. Probably had heard about Mary, who had been filled with the Holy Ghost when Gabriel came and announced the virgin birth of her son. And Elizabeth, when she began to prophesy, when she met Mary, when she came. And, and so here we are nine months later at the dedication of Jesus, at the circumcision of Jesus in the temple in Jerusalem. This woman had been waiting. She had been waiting her whole life. For the Messiah. She had been waiting. She had, she had it in her heart. She had a sense that one day in her life that she would set her eyes on the Messiah. And that's what she was waiting for. There's just like two verses in the Bible that talk about her. And this is one of them, Luke 2.38. At that very moment, she came up with the moment it's talking about is when Jesus was being presented to be dedicated in the temple, and Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And that very moment, she came up and began to, she began giving thanks to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. She began to give thanks to the Lord. And then she continued to speak about him to all those who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She had a glimpse of Jesus. She saw him with her own eyes. But you know, there was other people that saw this baby that was brought to the temple that day, but they didn't really see him. They saw a baby, but they didn't see him with the eyes of faith. Their eyes weren't open, but Anna's eyes were wide open. She saw something. She saw the hand of God. She saw the promise of the Messiah. She saw the Redeemer that came to redeem us from our sins. And she began to proclaim. She gave thanks to the Lord and began to proclaim to anyone that would listen to her. This 84-year-old woman began to proclaim Christ all over Jerusalem to anyone that would listen to her. Hallelujah. So here is for us. Have you caught, have you caught a glimpse of Jesus. Have you been to the house of God like Anna did? Gone to the house of God and had an unveiling of your heart and seen this beautiful one that we call Jesus, the Savior of our soul. 
Have you caught a glimpse of his eternal nature? The one who lives from the eternity of eternities. He is the word who became flesh. Have you seen his sinless birth, born of a virgin? Have you seen his humanity? Have you seen his deity? Have you seen the power of his ministry on earth? Have you seen the power of his death, the power of his resurrection, the power of his glory seated at the right hand of God, the power of his intercessory heavenly ministry, the power of his ministry as baptizer in the Holy Ghost? Have you seen that for yourself? Do you have a revelation of who Jesus is today? When it happens to you, oh, when it happens to you, when you come into the house of God like Anna did that day, and there's an opening of your heart, and you begin to see now, I know why that preacher preaches what he preaches. Now I know. I saw it for myself. Jesus is not dead. He's alive. Jesus is still a man. He's a, a, a crucified, resurrected, glorified, sinless man. Jesus is still God's only son. Jesus is still God, the son of God, seated at the right hand of the Father. He's there right now, and he's praying. Have you caught a glimpse of this in your own life? The intercessory, heavenly ministry of Jesus. He's praying for me. He has my name written on his hand. As a matter of fact, my name has been written on his hand since before I had a hand. He had his name written on his hand before there was a, before there was a Metairie, before there was an America, before there was an earth. My name has been on his hand. I've been his from before time began. And today, he's seated at the right hand of God, and he's calling out my name. He's calling out your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Have you gotten a glimpse of his soon return? Have you seen it for yourself? Have you seen it for yourself? Have you seen it for yourself? Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth is about to split the sky. I wonder what that's going to look like. You know, he lives outside of creation, kind of hard to comprehend. Stephen preached and said that the, the creation can't contain him. He's bigger than the universe. He lives outside of it. Uh, one, of the pro, one of the apostles described, I think it was Peter, described the heavens being rolled back like a scroll is rolled back. Creation will be, so I don't even know how that works, but creation will be peeled back and suddenly he'll appear. Oh, the eternal will enter into this, this, this mortal. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord in the air. It's about to happen. The signs are all around us. Give thanks to the Lord. So I'm thinking about giving thanks to the Lord. I, my, my mind turns to the miracles of Jesus. One of his great, great, great miracles was the miracle of healing leprosy. He, he, it seemed like he healed lepers every day. That was just a common healing miracle in the ministry of Jesus. Oh, lepers are here. Oh, be cleansed of your infirmity. 
That was just his normal stuff. And there's, you know, obviously, you think that that word probably spread among the leper communities. Probably so, don't you think? It probably didn't take long, with, even without social media or TV or radio. Everybody knew in a matter of days that lepers are getting healed. And Jesus went by this leper colony, and, and there were ten of them came running out to him. They began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Heal us. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, which they knew exactly what that meant. That was the only way they could be restored to society. The priest had to inspect you that you were clean. They started out, well, we're going to go. We still got sores all over our body, but we're taken off. And they took off. And as they went, their body was were healed as they went. Well, as they looked, nine of them just sped up and ran faster toward the priest. But there was one, it says, a Samaritan, a Samaritan, not one, not one of the sons of Israel, a Samaritan, an outsider, looked and he saw that he was healed. He was blown away. He turned on his, in his tracks and went back to Jesus. He got back to Jesus and he found himself at his feet. He was at his feet, on his face. Worshiping the Lord. And Jesus, you know, he told, he told him, he says, he, he says, um, where, were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who would return and give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. You know, maybe, 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 maybe today your life is not perfect. Maybe today you've got some blemishes in your world. Maybe sin has taken its toll on you. Maybe you lived a life you never thought that you would live. Maybe you found yourself slipping into immorality or, or pornography or substance abuse. You know, many of us have been there in our past. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to live under the consequences of bad decisions and bad choices. Come to Jesus. Let him touch your heart. Let him wash you with his blood. Let him make all things new. He wants to cleanse you today. You know, in a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to take communion together. But right now, I want to I wanna just stop where we are right, right now in this moment. And I, I just want to speak to you. Maybe you're in this place today and you just feel, you know, I, I know, I know what I felt like before I got saved. I thought, you know, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough to be a Christian and I'm not sure I want to be good enough to be a Christian. I like where I am. And I didn't know that there was a, a change that could happen until I met Jesus face to face. Not only did he forgive me, he changed me. He changed, he changed what I wanted to do with my life. And you know, con there's consequences to bad choices. You know, marriages get destroyed, families get destroyed, jobs get destroyed, your plans get destroyed. You know, it's, it's, it can, it, sin comes in and just begins to wipe things out. But today, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. That's what he was telling those lepers. I've come to die for this. I've come to die for you. 
Yeah, he, he loves you. He wants restoration. He doesn't want judgment. He wants restoration. He wants healing. He wants reconciliation. He wants a new start. He wants to wash the slate clean and make all things new and give you a new heart and a new soul. He wants to, he wants to do something special in your life. Starting when? Right now. Right here, right now. So before we take communion, I want you to stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.